0: special extra episode of Normandy FM if y'all are listening right now you might be a little bit confused you might be saying hey this is a little bit early this is before when the episodes are supposed to go up maybe you're a new listener from our Final Fantasy group and this is the first time you've heard one of these but this is a bio bit of course I am Eric Van Allen one of your co-hosts here alongside Kenneth Shepard Ken how you doing today
1: I'm fucking tired
0: (laughs) exhausted one would say i imagine our listeners who pay attention to our social media feeds can understand why ken is feeling a little (laughs) bit extra tired today but uh for those not in the know let's break it down real quick a bio bit as as some folks might know is when we get on here we decide to talk about something very specific about bioware because we are at our roots a once upon a time, a Bioware podcast. We started out doing a retrospective of all of the Mass Effect games as well as some other Mass Effect media. We then went on to Dragon Age and some Dragon Age media. And now that we've since moved past into other things, both older Bioware stuff like Jade Empire and just completely non-Bioware stuff like The Last of Us and currently Final Fantasy X, We still like to go back and revisit because not only is it where our roots kind of are, but it is a series that Ken and I both pay attention to, ones that we definitely follow, and ones that still carry a lot of meaning for us and and for our listenership because a lot of people came to us in the first place because we were a Mass Effect podcast. So all that said, yesterday was November 7th, a.k.a. N7 Day. The unofficial, official holiday of Mass Effectness, where every year we get blessed breadcrumbs from on high, concept art, <laughs> rains down from the heavens, <laughs> and, and... it's also, uh, sidebar,
1: third anniversary of Normandy FM.
0: Yes, yeah, because we started on N7 Day. I, I don't think we published on N7 Day, but our, our conception... The, the inception,
1: yeah, the inception of the idea yeah. of Normandy FM. Yeah.
0: So that, that was 2018, yeah. Um, feels like forever ago. <laughs> feels like a lifetime ago. It really does. We've been doing this for, for such a long time. And obviously, as you all know, we are now a bi-weekly podcast. run on Final Fantasy 10. But today we wanted to talk about what we're just going to call Mass Effect 5 or the next Mass Effect. It is not fucking Mass Effect 4. I swear to God.
1: Uh, I... Mm. Like, I, I, I I mean, it, well, we'll get into more of, like, how that naming that people are putting on this game has, like, I think larger implications about what people think this next game is that yeah. we'll get to, and if a whole fucking mess of shit that we'll get I, to later, but fuck. I prefer so like, I, I feel like they do it to make me angry now map. at this point.
0: I prefer calling it the next Mass Effect or something to that because we don't even have a year target because usually you would just kind of put a year on it. Mm. Um, Like right now, I think the best name for the next Dragon Age game is probably like, well, I mean, even that Dragon Age game does not have a year target at this point. So uh, that one is also just called the next Dragon Age because we don't know what the next name of that is yet. So um, next Mass Effect, or if you want to shorthand it, ME5 Mass Effect 5 uh, because it is the fifth, uh mainline mass effect game if we're not counting uh, like mobile games and such. Mm. Uh, so there was a teaser. It, it was really strange. They started with a bunch of stuff in the morning, including a blog post that was like, you know, look forward to what we're working on, very mm. vague, you know, mm. which I don't expect this studio, especially one that is currently pivoting, and you know, they just, Recently, I mean, not recently, recently, but it wasn't that long ago that Anthem Next was was getting shuttered, and resources were obviously moving around. And they're coming off of the Legendary Edition earlier this year. Uh, I don't expect a ton. I feel like any amount of expectations around seeing what this new Mass Effect is in within the next year or two, like, don't have those expectations. Like that, like that. That is not what. I, I personally, this is not like hot leaks or anything. This is just me personally saying, considering the timeline that we've usually seen from the studio and also the timeline we're currently seeing from Dragon Age, mm. uh, don't expect a ton from that. Uh, so normally what I was expecting was just kind of an update on this. And the thing that took everyone by surprise and why Ken and I decided to convene a bio bit was a piece of promotional concept art, almost movie Mm poster-like in the way it was formatted. Uh, Showing off... uh, uh, This is an audio podcast, so this is where some of the limitations come. And Ken, I'm sure you will link the the actual post Mm -hmm. in in the show notes. Uh, So if y'all want to see that, you can go check that out. I highly recommend doing this because I'm about to describe it in verbalization that is not going to go over well. But basically, this is... A kind of dig site, I will say, um, some sort of excavation in the earth. Uh, there is a ship that is landed uh, nearby with a small crew uh, heading out towards the the excavation, the hole in the ground. Mass Effect holes. And uh, there's about four people there. I think you can pretty easily make out that one of them is a Krogan, uh, but that's about the only one that I really feel safe in being like. You know, this is yeah. this is who this is because they're obviously wearing Krogan armor and stuff like that. It's it's very easy to spot from on high. Uh, on the other side, coming from so the the ship has landed on the opposite end of this uh, vertical poster from the hole, and so coming from the ship of the four people, including the Krogan, coming from the hole, uh, is what many people are theorizing, and what I think is not unreasonable to assume is a geth body and the reason why i don't think it's unreasonable to assume any of this is that very subtly slash unsubtly uh the entire shape of the poster looks like a geth body like very much like the the sort of model that legion was was using Mm. um so and and it says at the bottom mass effect will continue so The first thing we wanted to do was start out with just this. This is the raw bread and butter basics of what is going on here. And I think it's important, and Ken and I were talking before the podcast started about why this is important. There's a lot of theorizing about things already in this game that is already starting to establish some things as knowns that are Mm -hmm. not actually firm knowns for us. So for me personally, I look at this poster, my initial takeaways are... Like, like, if I'm just going raw takeaways here, Geth, obviously. Like, mm. this, is, this is Geth. I feel like you don't make this poster to not immediately bring forward some thoughts of Geth in mm. some way. Uh, and that's, that's only, you know, both the shape of the poster and the figure that's walking out of the crevasse. Uh, the other thing I noticed um i I obviously looked at the markings on the ship that are there they're labeled sfx which i think is just them having some fun so not n7 label or anything like that on the ship Mm -hmm. uh but also this is where i'm going to say this because i also took a look at like i compared the ship model to both the normandy and the tempest and things like that to try and get an idea of where that might be um keep in mind this is concept art Mm -hmm. and so at the very, very basic level, this is going to convey an idea, possibly a direction. Um, this is going to convey something that they're basically thinking about right now. Um, I historically, in the his—I I swear I will stop saying historically at some point—in the history of Bioware, they have had concept art and concept trailers and and concept, concept, concept that has ended up varying from the end product. Mm. So, and that's true across all creative mediums, especially in game development. So take it with a grain of salt. uh, But I think this at least says to me early on, hey, the geth are going to be involved somehow, which raises a lot of questions. But Ken, I'll let you take over here and, and talk a little bit about just what you think outset on this poster
1: so i think one of the first things that like really sticks out to me is that based like comparing this to the uh, the ship we saw in the first season trailer that we are in it that's not the same ship mm-hmm. that is and so what immediately jumps out to me is that like it seems like this game might it you know in whatever form it's in right now might be focusing on like two perspectives and that would maybe mm-hmm. be in line with like the sort of a uh, way that Bioware's been teasing that this is going to maybe, well, take place in both galaxies. This isn't necessarily something that we know, but it's going to involve them in both, both in some way. Um, because my initial, like, knee-jerk reaction when I saw it the first time was like, oh, that that's probably whatever crew that Liara was with in that trailer going into something and, you know, like, excavating something. And um, I like, I when it when I first looked at it, I didn't even initially grasp the, uh, the, the Geth, like, silhouette of uh, the poster initially. But then when, you know, you start zooming in and really trying to, like, go through it all with a fine-tooth comb, then you see this, what appears to be, like, I guess, corpse that, I mean, based on what I can tell now, it almost looks like it's buried slightly underneath. So, like, it, mm. we don't really know how long that get might have been there. Um, but that was immediately when it started to get to me going, like, if this is involving the get in some way, like, not having realize that this is not that that's not the same ship that Liara was on that started immediately start to go, like make me wonder about like what does this mean about the geth returning in a post mass effect 3 game because that that implies a lot because it's it's weird to like try and even talk about like different ways you can interpret that because like we are so we are still working with so little that a geth resurgence in whatever game this is carries a lot of different connotations because that that is species that is in one of like the quantum states of the universe mm-hmm. and i don't really I, I feel i feel like i'm getting ahead of myself right now with all the things we're talking about talking about the show but like i it's strange to me to look at this and start looking for ways that you could break the stories that have already been told to make this fit instead of like thinking about what might be the most reasonable explanation for these things
0: mm-hmm.
1: um because like I look at this, and I see, like, if, if the guests are back in some capacity, and this is hypothetically in the Milky Way, that, that to me, spells most logically, this game would not be after the Destroy ending, like, in theory. Right. Like, and so that was, like, the weird thing that was coming from, like, a lot of these, these theories that were coming. Like, instead of theorizing that it would might not be after Destroy, how, they were like, how can we break the story to, like, undo the ramifications of the Destroy ending instead? I-
0: I think it's worth like noting here that there is kind of a popular theory due to the first trailer. From what I understand, the fact that Liara is scaling what appears to be a derelict Reaper or that there is a derelict Reaper um, in the first trailer for, for the next mass effect that aired during the game awards, uh, that it quickly became a popular theory that this followed that, that this game would follow a destroy cannon mm. and the idea that, it would somehow canonize the destroy ending because if the reapers are destroyed there's really only one ending that that takes place in and that is the destroy ending uh they're were you know they're working for shepherd in the control ending or they're like part of the galactic civilization in the synthesis ending so um i i understand that i understand that notion at least to see that because i see that as a much more like that would create some level of, okay, well, if Reapers are destroyed, we know what ending it's going to be. However, what, what you've just pointed out, Ken, almost makes me feel like we've got now two contradictory world right. states. Yeah. And that makes me wonder if we're looking at either a game that could have very drastically different viewpoints, depending on the d- decision made in three and what you decide to import or, Whether they're just kind of looking around different ways in which they could continue to write in this world and respect all you know all three endings Mm. without, um, you know, but but still like like not hamstringing themselves in a way because I think the the hard part at the end of the day is that this is a game story that they have to make and making one video game is already very difficult, but in essence, you could be making two to three different video games depending on how drastically different the universe state is at the end of Mass Effect 3 for you, the player, right. so.
1: Yeah, and I think that, and, you know, we've discussed this in various episodes of Normandy FM, like, I think, like, a lot of it comes down to ultimately, like, how they choose to center the state of the mm-hmm. universe after what Shepard mm-hmm. has done, because, like, like, I've said it multiple times, like, if the story is not about the Reapers, they can have, like, a smaller role if they are still mm-hmm. alive, if they still exist mm-hmm. in this world. Like, I think it can be as simple as, like, a Reaper being in, like, the background of certain scenes or, like, being in the environment and, like, not like not in a way that necessarily has any, like, drastic effect on what the player doing immediately, but, um, you know, allows them to be in the world and, like, have, like, changed alter dialogue that acknowledges their existence. Um, it's just a matter of, like, being, wi- like, Bioware being willing to... Decenter the reapers in a way that Mm -hmm. allows them to like just simply like write a story that they're not involved in and um i think that's like because even as we were talking like we are looking at two things that have like seemingly contradictory foundations of this universe and that's what because like there are like like you said there have been like theories that have somehow become like in some people's minds like Like it's like a weird Mandela effect. Like people think Bioware has said anything specific about like what continuity this game takes place. Like, Mm -hmm. like, and you know that's just that's literally never been said. Like, I and that is kind of frustrating to me. Like as a person that's trying to like understand this game, like analyze the things that we are seeing. Like, in that I'm trying. I've had to do a lot of like trying to completely remove what people are saying from just actually looking at what's in front of me because like. Now that I look at this poster, like without like you know my Twitter feed or like looking at Reddit, looking at the bio, like the unofficial Bioware forums, I'm just I'm looking at this and realizing that it doesn't actually tell me much of anything.
0: Um, right, and a so, lot of people want yeah. to read a lot into this.
1: Yeah, and so like, and this goes back to what we were saying before. Like, people are calling this Mass Effect Four. People like there, there are like. There are threads on the internet where people are talking about, like, the return of Shepard. Like, th- like all of these things that have never once been said, but people have gotten so, you know, into, like, the theory crafting of it all that, that people think this has been confirmed in some way. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's, like, kind of, kind of, we're kind of, like, moving on to the ne- next topic here, because, like, something that has become frustrating to me about it is that, like, it kind of has unearthed, like, a weird sort of... I don't know if eagerness is the word I want, or just, like, a res- resignation of some people to not really care what form the next Mass Effect game takes as long as they're just getting another Mass Effect game. And that is, like, even to the detriment of, like, the philosophy of, like, how these, what these games were built on. And it gets into, and, like, you know, this is something I mentioned to you yesterday as we were talking about, you know, all the ways that people are talking about this. It gets into something that, like, I even, like, I specifically noticed with Final Fantasy X, which is, you know, if, it's apps mm. because we are... Talking about the theme mm-hmm. of the show now, where they put out like an audio drama like cl- over ten years after Final Fantasy Ten Two came out, mm-hmm. and it is like a, con- a continuation of that story, in a way that I would argue like undoes a lot of things that made Final Fantasy Ten Two stories impactful and like the actual like kind of arc of that universe, um, and like you know without getting into spoilers, uh, Square basically explained like we are making these decisions in this audio drama because it is us really like paying tribute to the things that are important in the final fantasy 10 universe. And that, that, Mm. and it's not even like acknowledging the stories that have been told more so than it is like the story that like, what, like what is the foundational story of final fantasy 10? And that involves things Mm. like, like concepts like sin and Yuna having like a very particular, like religious role in that universe. And it's not, it doesn't, like, what, you know, happened in the in-between the first game started and when the audio film happens isn't really relevant because, like, they are more, like, paying tribute to, like, the iconography of Final Fantasy X. Whereas, like, and how to bring this back to Mass Effect, is, like, I get the sense that, like, a lot of people don't really care about what, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I, I say this um, kindly, I guess, uh, don't, are like, they're less interested in, like, the ramifications of all of these different ideas that they have, like, to the larger world of Mass Effect than they are just simply, like, give me, like, what, I, what we used to have. Like, get, make it like the old ones. Like, you know, bring back the geth regardless of, like, what that might mean for the universe. It's, like, a weird thing in fandom where, like, people want what's comfortable, they want what's familiar, and they mm-hmm. don't really mm-hmm. give a shit about the larger ramifications. And it's mm-hmm. especially weird to, like, you know, like, we just had the Legendary Edition, you know, early this year. And, like, you'd think that people would have... I, I guess I was expecting people to have have on their mind, like, the things that make Mass Effect significant. And a lot of that has come down to, like, your presence in this universe matters. And it it was strange to me that, like, to see people, instead of, like, bothering to even consider how... Like, how this poster... Like, in it's, it's a parent reference to the geth, how that could fit into the universe in a way that was not like a retcon or wasn't like disrespectful mm. to the actual story that was told in the mass effect trilogy. And instead they were like, how can I break the universe to make this all make sense in my brain? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, go ahead. I, I was kind of like rambling at that point. So go ahead.
0: No, it's, it's cool. Well, I want to circle back to, I, I think at some point I do want to discuss like what geth return, like both how that could happen. Cause you and I have both theorized about this already mm. um, in a way that I think could arguably work well while still retaining player choice and we'll get to that but um yeah i did just want to also talk about like i have also seen some takes that are just like oh just simplify it all down you know just right. just do this just do this just make it this and that's really weird to me because i when we were talking about this yesterday i i was thinking about how many franchises became what they are by allowing just creation within the universe and there's a large amount of I think Star Wars is like the easiest example here where you have the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy but there's so much works within that universe that aren't varying levels of canon and you know there's always the argument about canon versus non-canon yada 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 you know people will argue about whether um you know like the Thrawn trilogy which is now not canon anymore mm-hmm. because there is an official sequel to the star Wars OT, mm-hmm. but for the longest time it was considered the unofficial canon of that story and the unofficial continuation of that. I would always hear it referred to as like, that's if you want more star Wars, you want that story carried on, you go read the Thrawn trilogy. And that's, uh that's one thing. And, you know, I think trying to boil Mass Effect down to a thing where instead of having what the original trilogy was, was for, for Mass Effect, which was having this character that you get to carry through three games and make choices and have those choices feel impactful. It's weird, especially for a game that Mass Effect 3 people got up in arms because mm-hmm. they felt their choices were not reflected properly or, or according to what they wished. And now I'm seeing people argue, no, I just want one ending and, right. and make that the canon ending. And, To be fair, like for me personally, if I'm speaking personally, I'm not wholly against the idea of a canon ending. If only that Bioware goes out and says, like, this is what we did, this is what we had to do, we looked at whether it was going to be feasible to do this, and it wasn't. If they can go out there and say, like, we did X and Y and Z, and realize that carrying forward the story, we had to choose one ending to branch this off of, I can understand that to some effect, if only because... Again, making a video game is a really tough fucking thing to do. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I am like completely agreeing with you, Ken. That it's one thing for a developer to say like, "Hey, we we looked at it; it's not going to be feasible for us." It's another thing for fans of the series to immediately be jumping onto the, "Oh, they should just do this train because it just feels like." Like I look at that, and I'm like, "What do you want?" out of Mass Effect mm. then, because I'm not saying yeah. the only appeal of Mass Effect is player-based choice, but it is one of the main appeals of Mass Effect. It really mm. is. Like, having the, you know, you can argue up and down all day about how effective those choices are and whether you enjoy some of the choices or not and whether they work well or not, yada, 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 but cut and dry, Mass Effect is a series that does something that very few other series have ever attempted to do mm. and much less pulled off. And... Right like the idea that you just want to wipe that part away like do you just want more video games right. in the mass effect universe then yeah. and if that's and what you want then why don't you want an andromeda 2 why don't right. you just want something completely different why does it then have to go back to milky way go back to geth go right. back to these story beats and you know you, you've you've already said a lot of this Ken but this is where my star wars thing kind of comes in is that I think where Star Wars, the new trilogy, ended up falling short for me was where they took this idea that they had at, you know, let's theoretically say two thirds of the way into the trilogy, (laughs) where (laughs) they were were saying, hey, let's, you know, do something different. Let's really reexamine this stuff. Let's change some things about the universe. Maybe look at the idea that anyone can have the Force Mm -hmm. and maybe look at the idea that there is... An awakening in the force. The force might be awakening. And that might mean that people not named Skywalker or Palpatine might be getting the Force. Mm-hmm. And instead they were like, oh no, never mind. Fuck that shit. Yep. <laughs> like, move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Um and uh that's kind of like that sort of wiping away and like panicked return to safety is what I would be afraid of happening with the new yep. Mass Effect, is them being so unsure of doing something new that they would return to that. And so I'm not saying that that's what Bioware is doing. This is a fucking poster. <laughs> like right. this is, they have not given any indication of what that is. And I think, yeah, after we, we hit this point, I think there are ways they can bring the geth back. That would be interesting. Right. But the desire to want to return to some sort of imagined safety is yep. stagnation to me. And I don't know yep. why there, I've seen some takes that are so eager to want right. to do that.
1: Yeah, because like, and, and that's ultimately like, like I was saying, like when I look at the actual fucking poster, it's not the thing that's like actually conveying these things. It's more mm-hmm. the f- like fandom that does this. Mm-hmm. More like people that are you know looking for like the the simplest, least imaginative version of a fifth Mass Effect game, and it is like I am I am bothered by the fact that like even you know even though we don't really know what it is, like I am bothered that like. Like when I saw Liara in that trailer, that they were like, Okay, we're going back to the Milky Way. Like, y'all didn't like Andromeda, we're going back. Like, but also there might be like some tie in here to Andromeda. So like it's gonna maybe like please everybody. But also like what does it mean to go back to the Milky Way if everything that we've done that we have done there before is about to get wiped away? Or at least like in mm-hmm. a non insignificant amount of people's uh like what they have done. Because like like, they they, um, they released, they finally, like, for the first time in 10 years, like, released stats about, like, the ending choice that people have made in the Legendary Edition specifically. And I imagine that, like, there might be some difference between now and then, uh, like, now in the original mm-hmm. game, but it generally, like, it did skew in about the same direction that I figured it would, which was 45% of people played or did destroy, 30% did um, synthesis, and. I think it was like 17 did control and then eight did yeah. refusal, refusal
0: and that, that seemed high. 8% for refusal seemed very high. I was like, yeah. this many people are, are choosing the refusal ending, which is in my opinion, like we can talk about canonical, non-canonical all day. That is non-canonical in my opinion, because who's choosing that? That's like the bad end. Yeah. <laughs> it, is,
1: it also like carry the distinction of like something that by work clearly added at a spite mm-hmm. and yeah. like, you know, that's more power to them. Like if I had gone through the shit that they had, and the Mass Effect 3 ending controversy, I would have done it too. Um, but also, like, the thing that's interesting about, to me about that is, like, yes, Destroy has, like, the highest number, but collectively more people chose other endings. Yeah. Like, like Destroy is less than half of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition player base. Like, you are, if you do decide to destroy, like, you are ultimately, like, wiping away the experience of more than half of your player base. And, the- you know, and you, you think about it even more, like, the ending's not the only thing they're going to have to contend with in a game that, uh-huh. like, has... like go That goes back to the Milky Way. There's, like, the state of the genophage of the Geth and Korian, like, even outside of Destroy. Like, the Geth might have been killed on Rana. Um And I just, like... I look at all, the, all of these, like, different things that they have to... Like, all these moving parts. And a lot of it comes down to, like, I don't know what Bioware gains from going back to the Milky Way and, like, also making that decision to just wipe everything away and pick this, like, very specific set of things that happen in this universe. And I also just kind of, like, I feel like there's a, a, like a, a, like, a blind nostalgia to it mm-hmm. as well. Like, people wanting to go back to the Milky Way and, like, willi- like willing to take anything if Bioware will hand it to them. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm trying to, like, maintain, like, some optimism that Bioware still understands all these things for all the reasons that I've said in other episodes. Like... Small shit from, like, not showing Shepard on the cover. Like, not showing their face on the cover of Legendary Edition. Like, putting that box out thing that lets you customize it to your experience of the trilogy. Like, understanding that Shepard is an idea more than they are a person that can be summed up and made into, like, a canon version to hand to players. Because, like, hmm. at that point, like, like if, if you're at the point where, like, you're already deciding, like, the final decision that Shepard made in their life, hy- hypothetically, what else are you... Like, you, you have to contend with other shit too. Like that's like why stop there? If you're going to like take the easy way out in terms of like establishing this universe in one way, why stop at the ending? Why well, and, not and, do other things?
0: Yeah, and and the question I think then becomes and so this this'll like tie into what I wanted to, to talk about with Geth theories, is that like if you're going to canonize an ending, how much of the rest of that playthrough are you going to canonize? Because there are still significant differences in terms of like who survived Rannoch
1: um, mm.
0: was the Genophage cured. Uh, individual character deaths are certainly a thing, and depending on whether you want those characters to come back or not. Obviously, Liara cannot die in you know all of Mass Effect. Uh, literally has Bioware armor, <laughs> but um, unless you get a bad ending. Yes, unless you get a bad ending, uh, which which again, yeah, if if it was a refusal ending, then theoretically Liara not alive. Which again, I think just points to that being, you know, the visual novel style bad end of like no, go back, get a different one. <laughs> um so this this is the theory I want to pose to you Ken. And I've posed it to you already, but but I want to pose it to you here on the podcast. Um is that I think there is a way you can do the Geth story that would be interesting. And that would be to frame the Geth in the way that they framed the Rachni in Mass Effect 1. So have it be some sort of story that's about because one of the things I think I was left lingering thinking about uh, you recently streamed uh, yesterday actually on on n seven day you streamed the ending of Mass Effect three mm. and one of the first things I thought after the ending of Mass Effect three as I was watching you go through some of that extended cut you know uh, cut scenes and and still images and stuff like that was there are a lot of new forces in the galaxy and a lot of space for them to start taking up so the krogan obviously if the genophage is cured they're expanding and they're growing and they they're going to start feeling that they deserve to take up more than just Tuchanka, and they're going to want to expand um same with i think the geth and the quarians the Korians are going to slowly fill Rannoch back up and so the geth will need to find new places to live and that's only if both of them are alive at the end of that you know mm. theoretically the geth could all be gone The int- so I think there's one direction that you could take the Milky Way that would be interesting whereas okay you know the the thing that the Reapers were trying to do was like control the population essentially it was almost Thanos like mm. right where they were trying to prevent these races from getting into a situation where they would all destroy each other or create resource problems or stuff like that by doing a regular culling of the the species that had evolved to a certain point now they're going to get to that end point and they're going to have to start examining what they're doing that's why i think the andromeda galaxy could be a tie-in because once you know a galaxy starts to fill up you're going to have to look for more resources and now suddenly the andromeda initiative is looking pretty appealing and you know granted there's still hundreds of years of distance between them you'd have to find some way to create like faster than faster than light travel and yada yada like uh but i i think there's like basis whether you just are like oh there's a wormhole that we found that goes right into the other one or something like that there's there's bases for these um i think the other thing that could this this could all tie into and bring in andromeda neatly is if i i pose to you the idea that what happens when the reaper shockwave goes out it does destroy the geth. And you pointed out to me, it does destroy geth bodies like, like actual geth get destroyed in the shockwave. Um, But geth don't live in just bodies the way that humans live in bodies. Geth also live in programs and constructs on the internet, on whatever you want to call it. Uh, There, there is room there fictionally for some geth to have survived somewhere as a program and then be able to re-inhabit new bodies and start to rebuild the Geth, because all you really need to do is build platforms for these programs, but the programs could, in theory, duplicate, because they also don't need to traditionally, organically reproduce the way that an organic species would need to. So if, say, Geth programs happened to make their way into the Andromeda Galaxy and then found their way back to the Milky Way and started to find these old platforms that were left in ruins and stuff, like what Liara was walking across... Now you have a setup for the geth to come back. And I think that would be really interesting because I could already picture like this encounter on the poster happening where now these species who have been without synthetic life for so long who, you know, they were potentially destroyed or maybe like synthesis has happened and they've been brought back together. But now the geth as they were pre-mass effect three are back and they have to kind of contend with what that means and what has happened and how the geth are going to react to it. And also they're in a universe, in a galaxy that is running lower and lower on resources and crowding. How do you have space for these geth that are rapidly multiplying and stuff like that? I think you can create an interesting story within those realms. That's what I'd like to see them do. Obviously part of that I just described entails the destroy ending, but um, I think you could still work it in with control and stuff like that. It's just, I do think the geth coming back could be interesting if handled well, because I think there's a lot of prime room to explore the geth, especially because I felt the resolution we got with them in three felt very like we need to do this because there's a greater threat. I'm interested in how these threats are resolved or how these conflicts are resolved without some greater threat that creates, you know, the enemy of my enemy situations where you actually Mm. do have to deal with the fact that, the Quarians and the Geth have been at odds with each other for reasons. Right. And, and you can't really just say, like, well, the Reapers are the bigger problem. Well, what if the Reapers are no longer there? And now you do have to actually contend with the differences so, between these groups. Right.
1: So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot to go back here. But, like, the thing that I am coming back to with, like, the idea of, like, how can the Geth be reintegrated into this series um, where they hypothetically have all been wiped out.
0: Yeah, Um, and that's the the, biggest problem, is whether they are still there or not, right? Like that's.
1: And so so the interesting thing is, like, I... Well, and this is kind of, like, my broader question with this game, is that, like, I think a lot of things you're talking about, like, a lot of the conflicts and sort of, like, new contexts that will make people actually have to deal with each other on, like, a much more um, not, like, expedient way of, like, hi, there's Mm -hmm. a reaper, like, descending upon us, we need to get the shit sorted, is, like, I... Imagine a, a version of this where, like, the Geth had not even necessarily, like, stowed away on the Andromeda Initiative, but, like, maybe sent forces in, like, you know, whether it has been, like, you mm. know, w- within, like, a year or two after the Initiative left, like, before the end of the Reaper War.
0: Um, they just saw it as, like, a method of preservation, kind right.
1: of. Right. And, you know, then an important note is that, like, the technology that the Initiative used to, like, scout out Andromeda before they left was Geth. Like, that is something that Suvi tells mm. us. And so, like in theory, the Geth probably have some inclination of the Andromeda Initiative, and so like that—that's interesting to me. And that, like, imagine that that scenario would happen, where like they are, you know, they basically followed the Initiative through dark space, and then they are having to contend with, um, like you know, being part of this other civilization that is also like more uh, open to AI generally, because like the entire mm-hmm. basis of the Initiative, is Sam,
0: so like that. Yeah imagine there's conflict between Andromeda and Milky Way because the Geth, using long-range communications, communicate what has happened back in the Milky Way galaxy across to Andromeda, and now Andromeda people are coming back to the Milky Way to try and help out, and they're trying to figure out what's been going on in the Milky Way galaxy. Here's how you bring back some Andromeda characters, is you go like, you're bringing the Geth back, and you're bringing this information back to the Milky Way and trying, you know, you're going back like a whole, you know, the house is on fire (laughs) Mm. and you go back to see what has happened to the house in the years between. I think there's interesting fodder there.
1: Yeah. My, my big concern with all of this though, is that like bringing the guest back in a, like again, this comes back to like people are trying to break mass effect to make these things like Mm. these seemingly contradictory things work together. Like say hypothetically, this game is like, in a canonical Destroy ending. And then you bring the Geth back and, like, ultimately undermine, like, the entire sacrifice that that ending entailed.
0: Then then what's the point of canonizing Destroy in the first place, right? Right.
1: and Both that and, like, also, like, what was the... Like, it almost... It honestly, like, th- that scenario, that, like, wiping away the entire point of Destroy to begin with, um, like, that feels, like, conceding to, like, the criticisms of the Mass Effect 3 ending controversy ten years mm-hmm. later because, like, you have made this sunshiny fucking nose, like everybody wins ending with no actual sacrifice, nothing to actually like nothing to weigh on the player in the same way that it did when that game came out. And mm-hmm. again, like, like you like you said, like what is the point of even like making that ending canon in that scenario? And I don't like the, the like in the more that we're talking about, the more that, like we talk about like all these weird threads that like people are trying to make fit with some imagined vision of what this game is are filled with all these different holes. They're filled with, like, weird, like, lack of care for, like, what it means to be a Mass Effect game and what this universe means to, like, it, like, ostensibly means to, like, the majority of its player base, like, the people that, like, are invested, that, like, are, like, did take something of, like, this was my, like, my presence in this universe meant something where you've got the other people that are just, like, I want to break it all just to have more. And, I don't know, like, I, like, it feels almost circular to me at this point because, like, we we have, like, these really wild theories that are starting to sprout up that are at odds with what Mass Effect is. And mm. you have, like, a, you know, a subset of people that don't really care. Um, they, they just want more. They want the guest back. They want to go back to the Milky Way. They want to see all their faces again. And I was really frustrated yesterday by the end of the day just because, like, you know, you sit looking at people, like, make these theories and, like, make these non-arguments about why everything just should just go back to the way it was. And... I'm even as we talk about it now, like, I'm trying to distance myself from that frustration because Bioware has not said fuck all that. Yes. Really yeah. says any of this shit is the direction this game is going. This is like, I don't like, I, not to like shit on anyone in particular, like, I'm not going to do that, but like, I don't know how people get to this level of like theory crafting that borders on like fan fiction trying to like get this wish fulfillment, like, idealized version of what this next game is going to be to fit, like, the, the concessions that I am comfortable with regardless of, fuck like, fuck to, all to anybody else.
0: and Right. I want yeah. this game to be this. I want this game to satisfy, or, or, or literally just, like, hit the button and crank out more Mass Effect. Right. And, you know, part of me is, like, it sounds kind of like like what they want is another new, like, like just a new Mass Effect. They want a Mass Effect 4. And I think that's why, like, that Mass Effect 4 thing gets frustrating for us is not just because you're ignoring Andromeda and Andromeda's existence, which to be fair, like one of the few things that Bioware has teased, and I feel like they have been very like teasing about this is like the potential for Andromeda to still tie into this. Right. And, and I do and, think like, like one quick, part of this.
1: one quick note, like, this poster looks like it's like that ship looks like an Andromeda Initiative ship.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, th- a lot of like, people have said that it does not look like the Tempest. I, compared it to the Tempest; does not look like the Tempest. The Tempest looks way more like thin and and like yeah,
1: it, it, it's definitely not like a, a ship that we've already seen. But it, it, does, it right. does, but it does have
0: Andromeda like vibes, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, so I I, I think that all. Is interesting. And I think we've posed some ideas that could be interesting. And and at the same time, like I'm not saying that any of the theories that we've mentioned right. here should be what it is either. I'm just sitting here theorizing because I like, I personally think there's like rich narrative to explore in seeing these species interact in interesting ways. That's why I want more mass effect is part of that is also, I think seeing these alien species interact, especially mm-hmm. in new contexts that don't involve the Reaper threat is, is a really yeah. cool prospect um yeah. and that that's what is tantalizing to me about the milky way is thinking about a milky way that doesn't have the reapers in it right. and you know or or at least like does not have a reaper threat in it i should say right um and yeah there could be cool stuff where I mean, that would be really wild as if you had a game where Ryder and a crew with some geth that received a long-range communique are going back to the Milky Way galaxy and they wake up and they look outside and they see Reapers floating Mm. around. Except the Reapers are like essentially patrolling the border of the galaxy because sh- like shepherd AI is controlling them or they're just kind of hanging out doing work stuff, like building buildings and stuff because mm. they're now part of society or they're derelict and they're just floating around because they've been destroyed. Like that, that would be a cool moment. I would, I would geek out over that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think that all is extremely ripe. And so to have this idea again, and it, At the end of the day, this whole episode is going to feel like an indictment of like fan theories more than it's going to feel like an indictment of anything that Bioware has put out there. Bioware has just put out concept art, said, hey, we're working on something. Uh, See you when we see you. And honestly, like, that's the right move. I would rather have just little teases and then them show up when they're ready to show up versus like them trying to lay something out. Mm. this early because as i think we've already established the prospect of a mass effect 5 set in a milky way galaxy is not an easy prospect to hurdle and it's an interesting i i think it's interesting like way for them to to move forward with the series i also just think that it's a little fraught as as we've exhibited it is rife with rakes that you can step directly on like Sideshow Bob and the Simpsons Mm. and uh it's I'm interested to see them navigate it but it is I I think the most important takeaway I've had from N7 Day has just been like I you know what what do we want out of a new mass effect it's Mm. been me interrogating that to myself a lot what do I want out of a new mass effect because I felt you know, highs and lows from a poster. <laughs> and yep. uh, to, to, to kind of have to, like, look at that myself and be like, what am I setting as expectations for this? Especially coming off of, like, if I'm being frank here, coming off of a game like Anthem that mm-hmm. did not meet expectations and they have a lot to prove here. And they're also working on Dragon Age. So right. uh, it's... It's going to be a while before we see this one. I feel pretty safe in saying that. Yeah. And uh, I think the most important thing right now is to just a you know keep your expectations level headed, but also b you know as Ken has been saying like don't think within confines of a world that could be larger and more mm-hmm. including of everyone's shepherd because I do. As crazy as it sounds, think that's possible. Do I right. think it's feasible? It's another question entirely. Yeah, I, I think but... it's just a,
1: like, it is just a matter of like, do I have faith in Bioware to like care about that pillar of the franchise enough to make it work? Because I do think like it would be, it would be challenging, but it's not impossible. And I think that's like what has been my takeaway from a lot of this is that, like, I, I, there's like a weird defeatist
0: attitude that I think. Yeah, somewhere between apathy and cynicism.
1: Yeah, that makes me, like, glad that, like, some of these fucking people that i making theories aren't the people making this game. Like, if you were, to like... <laughs> like, you didn't think about it long enough to, like, think of a different possibility. Like, you are... And you are content with simply being handed more. And, you know, like... Mass Effect is, you know, a, can, can be a fraud series depending on like, who you're talking to, but it also, like, aspires to things that most games don't. And mm-hmm. it would be, like... It's wild to me that we can, you know, we're four games in, whatever you're feeling on Andromeda, whatever you're feeling on three, like, those games were still aspiring to these things. And it's wild to me to, like, get through all these games and not see what made them special in the first place and only be really concerned with going back in whatever form, like, will be handed to you. And mm-hmm. just, like, have have a bigger imagination. Like, think mm-hmm. about these things for longer than five minutes. You don't need, like to find the simplest fucking solution to all these things when you can maybe just like take it one step further and find a solution that is actually going to not only like be respectful to people that have invested more than a decade of their own playtime into these games, but just like it's going to make a more interesting game.
0: And the developers too. I mean like the developers put a lot of their own work into it. As we saw with the recent people make games that like there was a lot of time and effort put into the stories of these characters into the outcomes of these storylines and, and even into then making another version of it when it didn't go over well publicly. And I think like the desire to want to wipe some of that away in order to just have an easily established franchise canon is, it's just weird to me. And, and do I think that they're probably like, I've said this to Ken before, but do I think that they're probably going to have to make some decisions Somewhere within Mass Effect, in order to canonize some things, like I would not be surprised if they just say, "You know what? Moving forward, we consider the Genophage being cured as canon." Like that is like like they either write in that Shepard did it, or they write in that Shepard sabotaged it, but later a Solarian scientist discovered mm. the cure on their own. Like I think they will find. This is me personally. I think they will find little ways to deal with some of. I mean, granted, there's a large change in the universe, but it is something that I think would just be helpful moving forward if they're going right. to make more games in this universe to establish some level of that. Right.
1: And I think that's um,
0: just like, and you, you could feasibly also be like, Oh, well, you know, the shepherd did sabotage it, but then synthesized. And then the Reapers were like, Oh, we're super good at science. We'll help fix this and all that. Right. Like th- there's totally ways you can ride around some of that stuff.
1: And some, and an important distinction to make, I think is that like, there's a difference between making like make, making a decision canon, like making Shepard have done something specific yes. in the universe, and writing something that maybe not "undead" is not the word I would do, but like something that changed the course of how that decision altered history. Like a mm-hmm. very, a very, very small example is Ujina um, ends up the counselor in Mass Effect Three, regardless mm-hmm. of who Shepard picked, because Bioware wrote in a book that Anderson resigned. Like regardless, mm-hmm. like and like they even. Kept the phrase like the actual phrasing of like what his position was uh, ambiguous, so like it didn't say what he was resigning from. It simply said that he resigned, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I mean that that still kind of sucks because like it, that just feels more like they wrote themselves into a certain corner and they wanted to do something else by the end. But it still does not fundamentally change who Shepard was. It does not change who you as the player were in that moment and what decision that you made. And I don't think that that's something that they should ever do with the ending of Mass Effect 3. I think that's like a decision that is far, like far and away worth preserving it by any means necessary. But like shit like the, the genophage cure, like, you know, that has ramifications for like, say like maybe a few hundred years of the 600 years that we are going to hypothetically be catching up with uh, in this next game that is supposed to be, kind of be like around the same time as Andromeda. And like allow that to like fill in, you know, history in a different way even if it does need to resolve in a way that allows them to like maybe have like a certain character within mm-hmm. the next game um i think the quarry guest thing is maybe even more like if uh, I would, that I would, one's going to be tough i, I would that say one, that that one yeah. needs to be maybe even like a little bit more precious than the genovage thing because i think that does like like that was like within a moment the majority of that species was gone of right, of those. right. And one
0: one way or the other, like unless you pick, you know the the both <laughs> the both sides option. <laughs> I mean, unless you pick the unification option, like you are eliminating one species. So
1: right, and you know, and, and like you know, in terms of like the 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 ramifications that the player has to see, that does not have to, like I, I think there's like a weird thing that some people have, where like they assume that because something has consequence that it has to like fundamentally change. A video game like there needs to be like an entire chunk of the game that is different and i don't think that's necessarily the case again like this is goes back to what i was saying about the reefers like if the story is not about these things they can be as simple as like showing that that happened in this universe is as simple as like alter dialogue and like or a, a different character showing up at a certain point like you don't have like I, again like people seem to think that like if you're going to acknowledge these choices it has to fundamentally alter the game and i just don't think that's true and i think that's like where some of this defeatist attitude comes in is that like if you're not picking up these threads as, like, the main story of these games. It just, you can acknowledge it in ways that are, like, modular and, like, can speak to, like, the fact that your impact on this world was significant, but don't have to necessarily alter the game that you're playing. Exactly. Um, You can just have a little imagination, folks. We don't need to fucking shit on the legacy
0: of a a series for simplicity's sake. (laughs) I think that's a good note to end on because we ended up going a lot longer than I thought we were I going mean, to go uh, talking about this stuff. <laughs> we talked about a fucking
1: poster for an hour. It's. Yeah. yeah that's, that's welcome honestly, to Normandy FM if you're new
0: here. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think we were going to do? This is Normandy FM at its core right here. <laughs> uh, as always, you know, we don't do a full shout out at the end of these because these are just bonus episodes for the feed, uh, for the the Bioware fans out there who, who have kept up with us. Uh, we just like doing these as little updates. Every time there's a little bits of news, the game awards are coming up. Uh, I, I know last time we did one of these, I said that, Oh, I expect the game awards is probably when we'll next do this. And I was wrong there. So, uh, <laughs> be but, ready for anything. You know, yeah. Yeah. The game awards, usually where we see a Bioware announcement, they like to announce stuff at, at the game awards, you know, trailers and stuff like that. And so, uh, that would be where I would, personally speculatively imagine that something would come up but uh you know it's the, the fun part about bio bits is you never know when they're gonna pop in your feed so for ken for myself we'll see you next time on the next episode of the final fantasy 10 run and the next bio bit and whatever else we put up here on Norman fm